OpenAI, renowned for ChatGPT, is reportedly negotiating a funding round, potentially valuing the company at over $100 billion. This development, still under negotiation with terms and valuations subject to change, could position OpenAI as one of the world's most valuable startups. Additionally, OpenAI is considering a new chip venture with Abu Dhabi's base G42 alongside rising $8 billion to $10 billion for this project. Separately, OpenAI is finalizing a tender offer by Thrive Capital, which would value the company at $86 billion, allowing employees to sell shares. OpenAI also recently launched Converge 2, a program supporting startups using AI featuring Tech Talks, industry leader interactions, and a $1 million investment. That and many, many more stories tonight. You're listening to Geek News Central. Happy New Year to everyone. Episode, episode 1715 coming to this Wednesday, January 3rd. I'm your host, Todd Cochran. A big shout out to our primary sponsor at GoDaddy.com, powering Geek News Central. Grab their deals at GeekNewsCentral.com forward slash GoDaddy. And hey, to all of our listeners, you're the real MVPs. Contribute your time and talent by dropping me a line or your treasure at GeekNewsCentral.com forward slash insider by becoming a GNC insider. We're live and lit with a modern pod, with modern podcast apps from podcastapps.com. Join our value for value movement by downloading a modern podcast app. To all our amazing listeners out there, big virtual hug. Dive into our virtual hub at geeknewscentral.com. Go over there and follow and subscribe to the podcast. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter. We want you to do that, of course, at geeknewscentral.com. You can always join our chat room at geeknews.chat. And you have feedback for the show. It's real simple. Geeknews at gmail.com. Geeknews at gmail.com. Or catch me on X at Geek News or find me simply on Facebook. Don't forget to check out our partner shows, all linked at geeknewscentral.com. And a massive salute to GoDaddy, the longest running continuous sponsor of podcasts where savings begin and continue here. Get over to geeknewscentral.com forward slash GoDaddy and get yourself a brand new hosting account today. $11.99 for a new domain name. That's the deal. Eleven ninety nine for a brand new domain name, or six ninety nine a month economy hosting with a free domain, professional email, and SSL certificate for the first year. Again, six ninety nine a month economy hosting that includes a free domain, professional email, and an SSL certificate for the first year. Or twelve ninety nine will get you a managed WordPress hosting site. It includes a free domain, professional email, and an SL certificate again for the first year. $6.99 for that economy hosting per month or $12.99 a month managed WordPress hosting. You can always get a free trial of GoDaddy website builder, your choice of personal business and business plus plans. That's a one month free trial. Again, all these deals can be locked in at geeknesscentral.com forward slash GoDaddy. Our January numbers are up there. Go ahead and get over to the website. Get locked in. Get something started. It's a new year. 
Everyone is concerned about the economy and where things are going. Make yourself get set up, get yourself an ongoing side gig. And you can do that with your own website. Start an e-commerce site, start a blog, start a podcast. Have a place to showcase work for your business. Again, get over to geekingcentral.com forward slash GoDaddy. Grab yourself one of those deals. I want to thank GoDaddy for being a longtime sponsor here at the Geek News Central podcast. As we said at the beginning of the, of the show, I want to wish everyone a happy new year. Uh, I spent it uh, not participating in, in, the, in amateur night. Uh, oftentimes people are out and about and, uh, really, uh, getting a little too crazy. Uh, that did not happen with yours truly. So, uh, had some friend fun with some friends and so forth, but, uh, a safe and sound new year's on my part. I hope everything's good with you. And we are in the 2024 starting off the new year with a bang. I do leave for the Consumer Electronics Show on, excuse me, the CES show, CES show. Not supposed to say that other part on uh, Friday morning. And uh, just wanted to get the show out of the way this week so that tomorrow night I could finish getting things ready and be ready to roll out at literally at three o'clock in the morning on uh, Friday morning and uh, get into Vegas and then the. Uh, Everything begins, gets going on Saturday with some events and interviews. And then Sunday, I will have setup day and uh, press day. So, yeah, busy, busy few days. And then the show starts, believe it or not, on Tuesday. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, full event, uh, team dinner on Friday night. And then Saturday, uh, you know, get my butt back here to Michigan and hope, cross my fingers, that the weather stays good. The site will transform a bit. Over the uh, next uh, couple of days, we'll be putting up the live blog. We'll be putting up uh, everything that you need to follow uh, the show. And we look forward to bringing you a, a full breadth of content uh, over the week for CES. So all you got to do is come over to geekingcentral.com. I have all the live video embeds on the website. Techpodcast.com will transform that site as well. So all that will take place on Sunday when we uh, switch everything over and get ready to do the live event. So I hope that you'll participate. We'll have live streams up probably on Facebook, on Twitter. Some of these will be long. I don't know how long some of these live events, I think we go like 10 hours. So uh, those streams will be ongoing uh, all next week, starting probably on Tuesday. So just be aware of that uh, with activity at the website. Let me go ahead and get into the first article, and I'll come back with you some of this additional stuff here in a few minutes. But we, we talked about OpenAI at the beginning. And uh, if they succeed in raiding this $100 billion, they will become the second most valuable startup in the United States. But again, this chip deal, you know, the money in, in AI, besides us paying you know, to use AI is definitely going to be in the pots and pans. It's going to be in the chips. NVIDIA has just got a free run right now. They're able to uh, uh, just, you know, they're just making money hand over foot. So this, uh, this deal that uh, they're trying to put together to create uh, a new chipset that they would not be holding to NVIDIA is probably 
a big part of this, and uh, we'll see what happens with this. But uh, again, it's always the pots and pans that make the money in these types of services, and uh, the chips are definitely going to be a, a very, very big part of that. Hey, there was a very uh, uh, absolutely amazing image that was taken by a NASA spacecraft as it makes its closest ever approach to Jupiter moon, EO. And they released this, a few images of the solar system's most volcanic wor uh, world. And of course, I think if you look at just the picture of Jupiter itself, that's, that's amazing. But then if you look at the moon, EO, and what they're collecting there, it's a pretty cool article by the folks over at uh, CBS News, but um, this is this is pretty awesome. Uh, this image, and uh, it just shows you uh, that uh, you know what's out there orbiting our sun, and it's it's uh, it's it's a pretty amazing picture. But anyway, link will be up in the show notes for all of you. Oh, there it is. Here's one that was it was posted. This one is is a more brilliant picture. But in other words, all these volcanoes and with the tidal shift on EO being as much as 375 feet, um, very, very, very impressive, to say the least. But uh, link will be up in the show notes for you to check it out and uh, definitely do that as well. Hey, one thing I want to do is before we get too deep into the content here today is to remind you about the Geek News Central Insider Program. I talked about we were making changes. I did some editing on the webpage and revamped some of the titles and so forth and revamped the program. But I do want to go ahead and acknowledge the insider contributions that have come in since the last show. And uh, the $2 donation now will become what we're going to call sustaining, a sustaining uh, level. And uh, Roger came in at $2 on that. Uh, Richard Woodworth, $10. He's on our new warrior level. Michael P. came in at $5 with, uh, at the Ohana level. Kirk Corliss came in at $5 at the Ohana level. Mika Picala came in at $2 on the sustaining donation. Uh, Curtis Parrish came in at $5 on the Ohana plan. And we had some boosts that, that came in. We got 2,220 sats from, from uh, D. Swartz. He says, Happy New Year, Todd. As, as for me... You don't need to change anything. Enjoy everything you do. From Bob, who sent 2,000 sats, he says, Hey, Todd, well, we made it through another year. Here's some geek bucks to start off the new one. Hope you and your family have a great new year. Cheers, Bob, in, Do in Dover, New Hampshire. Um, I believe those were the two boosts that came in. And as we continue to ramp up the Insider Program, really what I want to do here is make sure that as the show progresses, I've gotten some input from a number of you that uh, have sent me private emails um, and, and some private conversations as well. So we'll be doing the best to bring value and um, a little more soapbox time as well when it comes to these stories. And uh, But again, we want to thank our insiders who have contributed to the show in the, in the last week. And of course we'll be back uh, really a week from Monday. I'll uh, be out all next week for CES, but I hope that you consider the value of the content that we bring to you for CES. And 
consider becoming an insider. These endeavors are not inexpensive, and I'm going to be upfront about total cost to go to these types of events. Uh, just as an example, just to kind of give you an, an inside um, for, for Vegas, for CES, uh, airline ticket, uh, $700, hotel room, $1,200, uh, rental car, uh, $301, um, and that does not include food for the week. So that'll probably come in at another five or 600 bucks. So that just gives you an idea what it cost me personally to go to CES. It's a lot less than it used to be. That used to be a $20,000 bill, but that's just one example of the, of the cost here. And we'll be talking about more of that as we go on in time, but we'll get back to the content now. But again, thank you to all the insiders that are supporting the show. It, it's greatly appreciated and we want all of you to become at a minimum sustaining members of the insider at the $2 level. You can make two, five, 10, 15, 25, 35, 45, and $50 donations directly on the page or a one-time donation link as well. So we appreciate it when you do that. Next up, Starlink launches first cell phone towers in space for use with LTE phones. T-Mobile's field testing begins soon. Texting to be available for voice and data. SpaceX said it launched 21 satellites overall, the first six Starlink satellites with direct-to-cell capabilities that enable mobile network operations around the world to provide seamless global access. And what's going to be cool about this, to my understanding, is the beam that they have for this is very wide. So these satellites do not take, they don't need as many satellites to get I think it's an eight degree beam to get coverage as the crossing the United States and the other parts of the world. So as they start putting more of these up, at some point they'll have world worldwide coverage. And while your local carrier will be the primary provider, provider link, the ability to be on a T-Mobile connection when you're overseas is the potential here to be able to text and make data calls or make phone calls as if you were sitting at home. And that's kind of my understanding of this. We'll see as time goes on where it goes. But I think this is going to be a game changer as well. And uh, time will see how this shakes out and we'll figure out what the technical aspects of this is going to be and uh, be able to have self-service where you normally don't have self-service. There are places even close to my house today that you cannot, it's no bars, nothing. You have no connectivity whatsoever to be able to send a text or get a text to say I'm okay would, would be pretty awesome. Elon Musk is calling for caution in AI to avoid summoning the demon. And, you know, I think that uh, we know that he's doing his own AI company. So it's kind of an interesting thing with him saying you need to slow stuff down. but. Uh, you know, he's continued to express the risk about AI, but yet again, he's kind of a little bit of a hypocrite in this regard and that he's doing his own, you know, doing his own project, even though it's uh, in, within X, it's pretty uh, comical at this point, to say the least. Surprisingly, Android Foldables ate into Apple premium smartphones in 2023. Wasn't much. It ate into it 1% to 2%, but still, 
to take 1% to 2% sales globally and having a foldable that could cost as much as $1,800 is pretty incredible in that own regard. And, you know, the smartphone market is pretty stagnant. Um, I'm on a, I think I'm on my third year of this particular iPhone. Haven't updated because, you know, it's really at this point, I used to upgrade every two years. And there really isn't a need to upgrade that often anymore unless you're using your, your phone for, you know, something specific where you're trying to get better images and so forth. It just isn't worth to make the jump. So. Um, it's interesting that this Android Photobowl, uh really made an impact. Meanwhile, Xerox, Xerox is going to cut 15% of its workforce. The company had about 20,500 employees in December 31 of 2022, meaning the layoffs will likely affect more than 3,000 employees and will make the cuts this quarter. Now, Xerox offers digital printing and document management technologies. And uh, shares of Xerox closed down more than 12% following the statement on Wednesday. But the company's restructuring plans involve simplifying its products within its core print business, increasing efficiency across its global business services. So uh, this is an interesting model here that they're going to shift to a business unit operating model. It's a continuation of our client focus, balance, execution priorities designed to accelerate product and service go to market according to Xerox CEO. So got to cut the employee count. Basically, things are tight right now at the same time. Meanwhile, if you live in Montana and North Carolina, you're going to have to use a VPN if you want to access Pornhub. Pornhub has blocked Montana and North Carolina as their age verification laws take effect. The website says the state ID requirements would put users' privacy at risk. So uh, the states with the highest number of searches for VPNs over the past few days, you guessed it, has been Montana and North Carolina. I use NordVPN personally. So uh, if you are a, how should we say it, a visitor of one of those sites, and that's the only way you're going to be able to uh, to grab that. Meanwhile, NASA's Curiosity rover snapped a dreamy time lapse of a Martian day, and uh, so we got a little bit of imagery out there. And uh, NASA gave uh, their Mars explorers a few days off. Of course, that was because NASA was off for the holidays as well. But uh, anyway, they still tasked it to take some images. In the ongoing cyber attacks, U.S. Insurance U.S. Insurance First American has confirmed it was hit by a ransomware attack. Data stolen, encrypted. First American data stolen and encrypted. The company says. Uh, in the filing, insurance confirmed of the incident still under investigation. The company believes the perpetrator of the activity accessed certain company systems, exfiltrated data, and encrypted data in certain non-production systems. First American said that finally company can assess whether incident will have a material impact on the company's financial condition. And of course, initial reports emerged around December 20th. So just about every episode of the show, we have a report of more attacks like this. Now, at the same time, 
Over 900,000 people have been impacted by a data breach at a defunct Boston ambulance service. Transforming healthcare is informing more than 900,000 individuals that their personal information was stolen. The personal information comprised during the attack includes names, addresses, social security numbers, driver's license numbers, and other ID numbers, medical information, COVID-19 testing or vaccination details, and information related to employees or applicants for employment. Now, the question is, why was this company storing all this data unencrypted? I don't, this continues to baffle my mind, all of this data being stored in database tables that are not encrypted. Why is this still happening? It blows me away. And the company's out of business. So, while Fallon is no longer operational, we take steps to secure data. It means to be stored in our archives for clients with legal obligations, definitely to help further protect your information. We are providing with free identity protection services for two years. Transformative tells the impacted individuals. So, I guess the ambulance service is out of business, not the main company. Top online gallery provider takes systems offline following ransomware attack. Gallery System. Gallery Systems, a museum software solution provider that was forced to shut part of its infrastructure down, has notified its customers of the breach. Gallery Systems said the attack happened December 28th, and since its endpoints were being encrypted, it was forced to take them down. We've been working around the clock to restore access to the software, and we sincerely appreciate your patience during this time. We'll be storing your data with the last available backup. Gallery Systems, a major provider of gallery and collection management software, those whose portfolio apparently counts more than 800 museums. Some of its clients include New York Museums of Modern Art, the Metropolitan Museum of Art, the Chrysler Museum of Art. So I wonder how many What if they back up daily or how far back the last backup goes? That is the question. Makes you think, doesn't it? Sony, Canon, and Nikon are set to combat deep fakes with digital signature tech in future cameras. Deep fakes can be amusing, but they can also be used to spread misinformation. Now, Leading camera brands are looking to address this issue by issuing tech that can verify the authenticity of images into new cameras. Last year, Leica M11P became the first camera with content credentials. It is a signature that authenticates the time, date, location the image was taken and who it was taken by, as well as indicating if any edits have been made post-capture. Now, not many people have an $8,000 Leica in their bag, though... And now Sony, Canon, and Nikon are set to introduce their own authentication tech, but we don't know which cameras. At the Sony A93 launch, Sony announced it will update the camera and two other pro models. So mostly pro models. So uh, details for those of you that do digital photography, link will be in the show notes. An Apple Vision Pro patent reveals some less creepy uses for its external display. Now, people are pretty freaked out because they thought this display was going to kind of show like eyeballs or something. Well, 
this patent says that the displays won't just be able to enable eyesight, which shows onlookers, shows onlookers the wearer's eyes in a kind of creepy way, but also be able to display a much wider array of images, such as the temperature, do not disturb, YouTube play button, a sign graph like music, different types of things will be able to be displayed on the front of the eyewear or in front of the Vision Pro, to basically let people know what you're doing. And uh, we'll see. We'll see where this goes. Link will be up in the show notes. And, you know, the thing about Apple Vision Pro, and I know Apple's going to be working on this, but for those of us that wear glasses, this is the biggest issue with these things. And I'm sure they're going to fit them with prescriptions, but at the cost range, you know, what happens when you get a new prescription every year? Often, you know, that's happens to me. My prescription changes quite a little bit year to year, or at least this year it got better, which is kind of weird. But um, it's just going to be hard to maintain this stuff. Samsung has announced new OLED gaming monitors ahead of CES. And uh, a year ago, OLED gaming monitors were like high-end GPUs and not very affordable. And, of course, one of the first companies to announce an OLED gaming monitor lineup is Samsung, which has revealed three new offerings for gamers ahead of next week. The company's new monitors are all part of its Odyssey family. The three monitors include an ultra-wide and curved G9 and two standard flat panels in the G8 and G6. Does it say what it's going to cost? No, of course not. But only, And we'll get those details if we can at CES. But uh, any of you own one of those big white screens for a gaming platform, love to hear from you if you do. Uh, geeknews at gmail.com. Now, we do stream on Twitch, but Twitch has put up a new policy. Twitch is changing its sexual content policies again, this time to prohibit implied nudity on the platform. The platform already prohibits nudity, but Twitch's new attire policy, which goes into effect today, also doesn't allow streamers to imply or suggest that they are fully or partially nude. The policy change comes after Twitch recently loosened policies on sexual content. Twitch updates sexual content policy in December to allow some previously prohibited content as long as it was labeled correctly. However, just two days ago, it rescinded part of the new updated policy that allowed artistic nudity following community concern. Creators continue to push the boundaries to new policies as creators are want to do. Some found ways to suggest that they are that they are fully or partially nude while streaming. For example, they may have positioned the camera in such a way as to indicate that they may be naked. What that while most streamers have labeled their content correctly as have sexual themes which hides the post from Twitter's Twitch homepage, users might still, might still see potentially suggestive thumbnails. And that's what they can't do. They can't imply that uh, they're naked to try to get people to come into their stream. Now, many of you, I'm sure, would never consider streaming naked, but it's out there. And I guess that's a way to get views, huh? 
You guys like barbecue? You like a, you like smoking some uh, some ribs, that type of stuff? Well, General Electric has a smart indoor smoker for $1,000. The GE Profile Smart Indoor Smoker brings barbecue inside wood smoke flavor from the comforts of your kitchen. I just wonder how this is actually going to taste, if it's going to work well. After an Indiegogo campaign that massed over $800,000 in funding, GE Appliances bring its indoor smoker to consumers. Just ahead of CES, originally dubbed as the Arden, is a project of GE Appliance. The appliance is now known as the GE Profile Smart Indoor Smoker. While the design has been updated to a degree, the basic data remains the same. A large countertip device that brings the ability to smoke foods inside the kitchen without setting off the fire alarm in your house. This appliance the size of a compact fridge. Now, here's the thing. All right. You got this thing on your counter or kitchen table. You smoke up some ribs or brisket or whatever it's, whatever you're going to smoke. Where do you put this thing after it's all said and done? Where do you stick it? I don't have that much storage. Wouldn't it be better just to have a smoker on the patio? But I guess if you live in the city, you can't. But usually if you live in the city, your place is too small to have one of these appliances because you have no place to store it. So it's just a little odd to me. Thousand bucks, though. You can order one now. Oh, is it just an early look? Uh, it doesn't say when it's available to order. But uh, just one of the many things we're going to see next week at CES. It's being speculated, and again, anything I say here cannot be used as uh, investing advice. And do not do your own due diligence. But Bitcoin in 2024, spectacular rise beyond 45000 That is the suggestion. It's going to happen. As 2024 begins, Bitcoin has crossed a significant threshold, surpassing the physiological barrier of 45K. This, this, oh, did it go to 45K? Oh, yes, it went to 45K. Last 24 hours, we witnessed a massive liquidation of over 63 million liquidated in Bitcoin, a total of 144 million across the market. So let me look here real quick. I wonder if I can do this while we're live. I can go to my umbral. No, no, no. I don't want to do that. Go to my umbral. And let me go look and see what my Satoshis are worth right now. Let me go to my lightning node. I think this will show it. Holy crap. Yeah, my, my, so I wonder here, now let me do a Google. Yeah, Bitcoin's at, but it dropped. Well, it was up above 45 and now it's right at 42,725. 
yeah, I might liquidate some Bitcoin myself. I didn't realize it had gotten that high. I don't watch this like, you know, I'm sure many of you do, but that's, that's, that's amazing. It really, really is. Yeah, it's, it, it basically went from 42 all the way to a peak of 45,808. So my Satoshi holdings right now um, are just at about, let me load this again. Let's see here. At about 4.87 million Satoshis right now is what my Satoshi holdings are on, which is 0 0.04871 Bitcoins. Um, yeah, about, about two, about two grand. Um, and I have some in another account as well. I think I can show you guys this here. Uh, I have a lot of liquidation out as well that is, uh, in different places, but very, very interesting here. So very, very, very cool. All right, let me go back to the article. Let me see if I can find where I was at. 45,000. Wow. Well, we'll see where it goes from here. 3M and Exeger unveiled the world's first self-charging headset. 3M unveiled this groundbreaking innovation. This cutting-edge product harnesses power patent solar cell technology. Power foil to convert out both outdoor and indoor light into electric energy. The energy is used to recharge its, it, its built Lithium ion battery, thereby limiting need for single use batteries to take significant or to workplace sustainability. So the solar is up on the strap, which is kind of smart. Um, I'm always having to charge my bows. I don't have batteries in it. It's got its own battery inside. So uh, very, very cool. Google wants your help figuring out what to add to BARD in 2024. Users can tell Google what to add to Bard on Reddit. So they have an official channel. I'll have the link in the show notes if you want to go make your suggestions. Also being announced is a new fingerprint smart lock is the first to support what's called matter over thread, which is basically a much lower power requirement, a.k.a. the battery will last a lot longer time. So again, it's from UTEC, U-T-E-C. It's a smart lock, a smart, it's a bolt smart lock and uh, alongside Wi-Fi and Apple home key models. So uh, $299 for the bolt lock. That's a lot of money for just a bolt lock. Samsung announces first of the kind robot vacuum that it can also mop and steam clean, which is pretty cool. The bespoke jet bot combo is a follow-up to it, Samsung's JetBot AI. This all-in-one cleaning companion will be fully unveiled next week. And we've seen features like this in cleaners before, and there are plenty of models that combine vacuum and mopping, but this is the first model to include all three-in-one package. Uh, no price, of course. Many cybersecurity workers feel burnt out and worried about understaffing. Cybersecurity is one of the toughest jobs in the IT space. 
But the findings from the Beyond India also acknowledge the IT skills shortage at troubling sectors globally, noting that one quarter of cybersecurity professionals are concerned about understaffing at their organization. The figures come from more than 400 cybersecurity professional surveys. Um, so this sector continues to struggle. And based upon all the hacking stuff that we continue to see, that we report here on the show, definitely, definitely a sector that uh, needs workers. According to the next web, women in European techs earn 26% less than men. Although the EU introduced equal pay for work in 1957, the gender pay gap persists. Women in the block earn on average 12.7% less than their male counterparts. Unsurprisingly, the gender pay gap more than doubles in the tech sector. According to a report by compensation platform Ravio, the European median reaches 26% with variations across countries. For example, it stands at 18% in France, 23% in Netherlands, 25% in Germany, and 29% in the UK. On the bright side, the pay disparity decreases at more senior levels with the women competing on more level playing field, the higher they get up on the career ladder. There's a 0% gender pay gap at the executive level, followed by 17% at the manager level and 22% at the lower levels. This is one thing my company does. We are very, we don't, we don't pay based. We, we run, we have a system we call pay scale. It's gender neutral. We put in the specifics about the job and it gives us a pay range and uh, tells us the median and everything. That's what we use to determine our pay scale. I'm paid at a CEO level based upon my location here in Coldwater, Michigan. Uh, it's all location-based, depending on where we live. Um, so you can imagine, if I was a CEO in New York, I would get paid, probably have a pay scale level higher than one in Coldwater, Michigan. LG unveils a range of new laptops ahead of CES 2024. And uh, it's in its Graham laptop series. In addition to newer models of an old range, South Korean companies also introducing a new Graham Pro model. All the computers have access to AI functions in the LG Graham Link app. And the Pro models also have extra support via Intel's Neuron processor, the Intel AI Boost. So if you are a LG fan, link will be up in the show notes for you to check that out. NASA's been in the news a lot about all these high-risk endeavors they're going to be doing in 2024. Well, primarily, they're going to be strapping astronauts onto an Artemis rocket. That's going to be probably the most dangerous one. And uh, they're going to be venturing deeper into space than anyone has in more than 50 years. So should be an exciting year from that perspective. It's being reported, Tesla sold 1.8 million electric vehicles in 2023. It met its sales goal, but growth is well below what Elon was hoping for. Tesla built 494,000 vehicles in the last quarter, of which 18,212 were, were the more expensive but aging Model S. Uh, Tesla built 476,000 Model 3s and Ys for the same three months. It delivered 484,000 EVs, of which 461,000 were the Popple Model 3 and Y. Okay. So uh, 1.8 million electric vehicles and nary the number of chargers to support them. Amazon Marketplace crackdown has sellers 
searching for legal help. And this is where, you know, I see stories like this. And it goes back into my old adage of, are you building your castle on someone else's land? I am poor. I know that you set up your own e-commerce site. It's not as easy. But I often will go direct to a company's website to buy stuff versus going to Amazon. And I know this is a challenge for small businesses that might not be selling products that they make on their own. But million accounts have been prevented from engaging in sales for allegedly violating Amazon broad range of policies. Even temporary suspensions can be a critical blow to small businesses. Four e-commerce focused U.S. law firms told Financial Times that the majority of the cases they took on were complaints brought by aggrieved Amazon sellers, with each handling hundreds or thousands of cases every year. About a dozen sellers also said they had grown worried about Amazon's power to spend their accounts. As is always clear what had triggered the suspension, Amazon seller support service did not always help sort the issue out. Amazon account suspension was a big fear of mine, said one seller, declined to be named. At the end of the day, it's not really your business. One day you can wake up and it's all gone. Amazon recent efforts to crack down on issues such as fake product reviews come as U.S. and European regulators up their scrutiny of the online harms facing shoppers. The fact that entire law firms are dedicated to dealing with Amazon says a lot. Amazon, of course, declined to comment. Selling to Amazon Marketplace account for more than 60% of sale in its stores. When Amazon will be walking around CES, it'll be like the waters will part for them. They are a contingency of about 30, and if someone comes into your booth with an Amazon badge, which oftentimes they hide, um, you may have just hit the jackpot. Literally. Or they go to a Chinese vendor and have the stuff made in the Amazon name. In an article over at The Guardian, it's been revealed almost half of British teens feel addicted to social media. Surprise, surprise, surprise. The latest research by Dr. Amy Orban at the University of Cambridge used data from Millennium Cohort Study was tracking the lives of about 19,000 people born in 2000 to 2002 across England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. When the cohort were aged 16 to 18, they were asked for the first time about social media views of the 7,000 people who responded for EPIT, said they agreed or strongly agreed with a statement, I think I'm addicted. A higher proportion of girls, 57% agreed compared to boys, 37%. You have to be careful here, ladies and gentlemen. You have to step in and make sure your children are safe. Let's, let's, let's vow in 2004 to do a couple of things. Number one, let's keep on informing our elderly of all the scams that are going on. Re-emphasize with them that the IRS is not going to call them. Amazon's not going to call them. If anyone's trying to get them to show their bank account, or get gift cards, they are being scammed. We have to say this again and again and again. And another thing we have to do is let's start limiting screen time as much as we can. I know this is a hard thing to do with teenagers, 
but pull that screen time back a little bit. The younger they are, the less screen time they should have. And uh, I know it's once you give them a phone, it's almost impossible to control it, but to do your best. And I've said many times here, if I had known what I know now, my kids would not have gotten a cell phone until much, much later in life. All right, that's going to bring us to the end of the first episode of 2024. Again, next week will be CES in Las Vegas. We'll have the live stream up on geeknewcenter.com along with the live blog. I hope that you will participate and tune in. Even if you tune in and turn the volume down, help us. Help us gain listener hours or viewer hours. Hit it on play. I'm not supposed to say this, but next week during CES, let's get some hours built into the account. All right? Help us broaden. This will be a way. This is your time donation to the show. <laughs> All right? Time donation to the show. Just sit in the work, bring up the Geek News Central website, click play, listen, watch our commentary. First day show is always ugly because that's the first day that guests are missing. So I'm going to do my best to get some behind the scenes stuff to be able to play in that regard when we have a late guest. Again, thank you for supporting my sponsor, GoDaddy. It's greatly appreciated, of course. Definitely go over to geekincentral.com forward slash GoDaddy. And if you want to become an insider, today's the day to do that. A sustaining donation is very greatly appreciated. We thank you so much for being here. I will see you live next week at CES or back here on the podcast a week from Monday. Everyone be safe. Take care of one another. Here we're getting some weather this weekend out east. So be careful. Watch out for yourself. Again, we'll be back with you. Thank you so much for being here. Take care. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.